You can't keep a good woman down. Your people are having the same problem with you I am. I know, I'm just <laughs> out there. Stay down. Okay. Wow, did you see all those great kids? Yeah, I was ready to see more. We thought it would be fun if we let people send those in, and thank you for sending them. It's really fun. I think it's a good idea, Joshua. And it's good to be back to school for those of you that got a summer break. Some of you didn't. But don't worry, you can take the whole weekend off. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, we've got uh, a real challenge because, like I said, this week we're going to run into a brick wall. Hurts. Remember? Yeah. Let's, let's just back up so we remember where we were last okay. week. I have a piece of network cable. This is the kind of cabling that's wired in buildings all over the country. And when I decided that I was going to invent a new networking system that I named Wideband, and I named it before I invented it. <laughs> you know, uh, one of the great lessons from Bill Lear, my mentor, the guy that invented the Learjet, was most people don't achieve their goals because they don't know what they are, because <laughs> they haven't really sat down to decide what their goals are. Well, I had a goal. My goal was to shoot computer data through a cable like this, not at 10 million bits per second, like the world was just starting to learn how to do at the time, not at 100, which would be 10 times better, but at 1,000 megabits per second through this cable. And a lot of people told me why that couldn't be done. And today we're going to talk about how I learned they were right. <laughs> and you know, um, projects that are worth their salt are hard. Mm -hmm. If it's easy, somebody else would do it. If it's hard, then only you could do it because you're so determined, persistent, and smart because you study, study, study hard. Okay? Okay. So here comes my project. Now, uh, in this cable, there are actually eight wires. And each of these colors of wire have two wires twisted together. So we call them a twisted pair. They're twisted because, as we learned two weeks ago, they cancel out each other so that you can eliminate noise. And so with these eight wires, or four pairs of wires, I wanted to be able to send the data through to the other side at 1,000 megabit per second. And by the way, for those of you that are more modern, at a gigabit per second. And just to translate that into real terms, a gigabit means a billion bits per second. That makes Philo Farnsworth's TV scanning real slow, doesn't it? <laughs> By the way, I could talk a lot about Philo Farnsworth, it turns you out. Yeah, like I, him, I, don't you? I know about that. <laughs> but uh, so the idea was to send the data through the wire at a very, very high speed. And I showed you last time the circuit board I designed, the components, and everything to get ready to do this. And finally, I got to the point I was ready to try and experiment to see if it could be done. I hooked the electronics up to the wire, and you know, uh, a good way to tell if the data is going through the wire or not is using an instrument called an oscilloscope. And that's like a little TV, and the TV draws a picture, 
and the picture is the voltage on a on a wire and you can see the the voltage go up and down if all it did was go up and down you just see a line but a oscilloscope also scans with time so that as it's going up and down it draws a line kind of like the TV did and so you can see what's happening to that particular voltage over a period of time so you can actually see a, a system going across. Now I took a oscilloscope and, and hooked it up with a signal generator. A signal generator is something that creates a signal. In other words, when you hook it up to a piece of wire, there's no signal, but then you put a voltage on it. It's like you connect a battery, only you do it electronically, because if you're gonna try and do it a billion times a second, it's gotta be very, very fast. And uh, I'm gonna explain this a little bit more next time, but when you send data, digital data, that means information, I wanna send ones, zeros, pictures, all kinds of data across the wire, it creates a data pattern that has multiple frequencies. And that's where I really got into trouble. Now I want to show you a, uh, an example of a signal generator and an oscilloscope, and I want you to understand this. Some of the stuff we're going to look at tonight is gonna be a little bit more advanced than some of us are ready for. Okay. And, and I wanna just talk to you about that a minute. Um, those of you that have been attending Science Live for a while are getting used to some terminology, some vocabulary of science, and you're starting to understand some of these words. Those of you that are here for the first time may not be quite as familiar. Uh, I've been really surprised as I've talked to some of our younger students that are doing Science Live at how much science they're getting. <laughs> they're really soaking up a lot. And that's why this year we're gonna be able to offer credit for attending Science Live and that's, that's coming soon. But if you don't get everything, especially if you're new to Science Live or you're a little bit younger, that's okay. Get as much as you can, figure it out, store it in there. And then next time you get a little more and a little more and a little more. And by the time you're through, you'll understand these things. I want to tell you about a breakthrough that completely changed networking. It changed my life. It generated a lot of the revenue, a lot of the money that we used to build a cellus. And so if you're on a cellus, this is kind of important to you. But I think in the process of explaining this, and it's gonna be over a couple more weeks, you're going to have a much better understanding of how a computer work really works down at the guts level. And that ought to be exciting. Understanding that it's gonna open a lot of horizons and opportunities for you. So let's go with me. So I'm, time out, time out. This, this will be the first <laughs> alien interruption of the day. I know what you mean, but I wonder if some of the kids want to know what you mean by when you say networking. That's, networking. that's where we have friends we have and other friends we network. Exactly, we network, yeah, exactly. Yeah, is that what you mean? No. Yeah. In the computer realm, mm -hmm. if you have one computer, you have a computer. Right. And one of my inventions was a way of hooking a whole bunch of computers together so they could all share information. It's called client-server computing. And 
I considered that to be one of the biggest projects I've done. Now, by the time I got around to this kind of networking, mm -hmm. we're talking about the wires that connect the computers and how you send data and it goes out a cable like this from your computer and somehow gets to the one you want on the other end, mm -hmm. be it a server, be it another computer. And uh, others developed networking so that you could send data across a wire, but they did it at too slow a speed for me. Okay. They were going 10 <laughs> megabit, that was neat. I wanted 1,000 megabit or gigabit, okay? Okay. Now you're people with this? getting there. <laughs> By the way, I have a technical question for your people. Next time you're with them, could you just ask them, did they actually hold you down with duct tape? Can you believe that? They was tried. It, was it duct tape? Do you think I actually stayed duct down? Duct tape's wonderful. <laughs> There's a lot of things you can invent with duct tape. Okay, really but now may we go forward? Okay, so we're talking about this oscilloscope, and I've got a little white box. I'm going to show you a video of it in a minute. And this is a signal generator. It's a computer of sorts. It's got a knob so you can control how fast you're sending pulses. A pulse means when the voltage goes up and down. This would be a slow pulse or a slow frequency. And if I do this a second, then it'd be one cycle per second. If I do it faster, then it'd be 10 cycles a second. Well, I'm gonna do it 100 million cycles a second mm. when I turn this on. And then I'm going to click the little knob and I'm gonna jump it up to 200 million cycles a second. And then I'm gonna click it up to 300 million cycles a second. Why am I doing those speeds? Because I've got four pairs I can send part of the data down each pair, and if I send all four of them, I can get a thousand megabit on the other side, okay? So these are the speeds that I've gotta be able to change the data to be able to get the bandwidth I want. The bandwidth meaning the data rate that I want. Okay. Are we together now? Mm -hmm. Would you like to expand on that a little bit? I have some questions coming in. Okay. <laughs> It's gonna be this kind of day. <laughs> do you want do you want a question now or do you want to wait? Oh yes. <laughs> I've been waiting. So this is from Lady Lydia from Louisiana. Hi Lydia. Yeah. She's Good wondering the significance of the color of the wires. Does it what do what do all the colors? Why are the speed? wires colored? Yeah. If I put this on this little table here, they can probably see it even better. Let's do a, a top camera. Can you see there's blue and white, mm -hmm. orange and white, green and white, and brown and white, okay? And the reason that we have the colors is so that when we connect the connector on this end, we can make sure we connect it right on the other end. So I've gotta know which pins to put the green on the brown end, so, okay? So you can keep track of them going through. Okay. Okay? So it doesn't have anything to do with speed, the different colors. No, but yeah. it, it is interesting that each of these are twisted at a different number of terms per, turns per inch mm -hmm. because that impedes how they interfere with each other, okay. like we talked about before. Okay, okay, so now we're getting ready to look at this oscilloscope. Mm -hmm. So when we turn on, we're gonna create a, a signal. Now, because of the nature of the data that we're sending, and I'm gonna explain exactly why this is a, a little bit later, but because of that, some of the data going in is changing at 
100 million times a second, some's changing at 200, some's changing at 300. And so we have to be able to read data of all of those combinations. And when I show you why, you'll see why it varies, but it's pretty simple. Now let's see what happens and see if you can identify my brick wall. The brick so wall that I ran into. In area 51, and we're gonna find out if we can take 1,000 megabit per second and jam it through this wire and receive it over here on the oscilloscope. Now remember, an oscilloscope is a scope that looks at the voltage on the wire, and you can see the voltage is going up and down, up and down. It's almost a volt from, from top to bottom. So as you put, it's like hooking a battery to the wire, it makes the voltage go up, and then it goes down, and this meter shows you the change in voltage over time, okay? So we're sending data through right now at one-third of the speed we need to get the thousand megabit through here. And some of the data comes through at that speed. But now what, watch what happens when I speed it up. Can you see all of a sudden the voltage, how tall it is, tells you how high the voltage is. It cut way down. But that's not fast enough to get a thousand megabit through. So let's go one more click. Now you can see it's a little teeny signal. When you have some of the data coming in at this voltage and some of it coming in at that voltage, it's impossible to be able to read the data out. And that is the brick wall. That is why scientists, physicists say it's impossible to get a thousand megabit through that wire because you can't pull the high voltage data out from the low voltage data. So there it is. There it is. So did you see what happened? Good catch. It was a test. <laughs> you passed. So when we sent the data through at the lower speed, it came through at, a, at one volt peak to peak. So that power came through the wire pretty well. But then when we sped it up to 200 megahertz, it dropped way down. Where did the rest of the voltage go? Into space. At that speed, it thought, I'm not going to follow this wire. I'm a radio wave. I can go off into space. And when we turned it up to 300 megabit, or 300 megahertz, all of a sudden, we lost almost all the signal. And if you take actual measurements, we put the signal in at one volt. When it, when it comes out of the computer that's sending the data, it signals at about one volt differential from ground to top. And actually, it's a differential signal. And on the other end, if it's 300 meters of Category 5 cable, it comes out at not one volt, not a half a volt, not a tenth of a volt. It comes out at one hundredth of a volt. Mm. And there's not enough signal that we can be able to read it, especially since some of the lower bandwidth chunks come out much higher and you're trying to read whether it's a one or a zero and you really can't and so it's a disaster. That is my brick wall. Tina? <laughs> I just figured out why they call it Ethernet because Can it we... goes out into the ether. Yeah. <laughs> Can we do that brick wall one more time?
Can you imagine <laughs> what it's that. like to do all this work and run into a brick wall and then the physics guys say, Told you so. That's <laughs> physics. You cannot cheat on physics. That's what's going to happen. You just need to slow down to a speed that can get through the wire. I said, but I need a thousand megabit per second. I'm going to do all these neat things. I need the speed. And besides that, if I did have a thousand megabit or a gigabit, I could sell it all over. I could, I could make some nice tortilla money. <laughs> That's me speaking Hispanic. Could you tell? Anyway, that's, that's something I'm working on. So, um, hmm. what do you do? Well, my first idea was, may I have that cable, please? Thank. <laughs> I didn't mean to hang on to it like that. Edit that part out. Okay. Science live. My first idea was, you know what? This what? is a crummy wire. I'll bet we could buy a better wire and it'll go through without losing all the signal, oh, yeah? without that signal loss. So I ordered another kind of wire and another kind of wire <laughs> and another kind, another kind. I ordered 47 different kinds of wire because I knew one of them would work mm -hmm. and I want to show you our test to see which wire was going to work at the speeds we need. Okay. Here it is. Take a look at this. Look at all those wires. Every brand you can imagine. And all the wires come up here, and now we plug them into the tester, see if they will work. That one didn't work. Okay, let's try this one. This one will probably work. All right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Look at how fast they go. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Are you sure we ordered all of the wires we could find? I think you did. All the colors, all the brands, all the... Oh, Show them the brick wall again. <laughs> a brick wall. We ran into a brick wall, and there wasn't really anything we could do about it. So what do you do at a time like this in your project? This is when you've been up the optimism curve, and you started testing, and you went down the bottom of the optimism curve. What do you do then? Matthew says, you give up. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew. You give up. No, no, no. You, you just take a little time out, just kind of decompress. You know, it's sun's coming up tomorrow, hopefully. So you can just kind of take it easy. And at times like this, you know, I work on other problems just to keep my sanity and speaking of which I do have another problem today yeah. did you notice in that film of the oscilloscope that we are in a brand new area 51 yes I did we built a new area it's 51 bigger and better but I didn't see 51 did you yeah. Yeah, now for, for some of the new students you ought to know that I'm R that's what I Dr. was named. R, R. This this was a Paget invention, by Dr. the way. Mm -hmm. And out of respect for her people, I accepted it. Thank you. Okay, so I'm R. Yeah, and I want and so then they wanted to see if they'd make an Android uh -huh. copy of me, you know, and so they made a lot of these copies. And we're up to copy number fifty one. So we call him R fifty one. But he's not real. He's not sentient. Okay. 
And we keep him locked up in a place we call Area 51, because that's where he dwells, okay? But I did not see him there when I was in there filming today, and that bothers me. I think the lock on the old 51 was better, and maybe he got out. I wonder if we ought to uh, see what he's up to. Yeah, Cor from California saying, where is he? Because I miss him. Well, <laughs> well, let's see. Have we got any data on 51, Tina? What do you got This is us? the brand new Area 51. <laughs> <laughs> My name's R51. I'm in charge here. <laughs> you want to know who I am? Uh-huh. R51. Oh. <laughs> Look at that face. All right. <laughs> Pretty cool, huh? These do something. <laughs> R1 hasn't showed me how they work yet, <laughs> but I could probably tamper. Oh, <laughs> uh, I have an announcement to make. I, <laughs> I made an invention. What did you invent? I invented. A new club. A club? What kind of club? <laughs> it's the Peugeot Fan Club. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We just had an explosive growth in membership. <laughs> you know, it's, it's wow. getting really big. Really? <laughs> You'd be really shocked if you saw how big it was. <laughs> One I'm <membership>. the first <laughs> member. <laughs> you know, Peugeot. Oh, no. <laughs> Okay, let's face. cut that off. Let's cut that off. <laughs> Explosive membership one. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I guess it's all your your reference frame. You got the That's true. <laughs> okay, you know what? My face. That's my face. Oh, that's your. That's. Look how happy he looks. Oh yeah, he's very happy. <laughs> okay, let's get back on point, if you don't mind. I don't mind. Okay, back on point. Okay. Because we're running plumb out. So we have just run into a brick wall, and it was nice to decompress thinking about another unsolvable problem like R51. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, maybe we should just realize that this is not a solvable problem, and we should get rid of it. Oh, just throw it on the floor. Or... Maybe there's some way that we can get this thing to work. Physics is physics. If you put a voltage on the wire, it's going to go through. If you change it fast enough to, to send information, to send data across mm -hmm. it, you're going to have the signal, scientists call it attenuated, which means it's made very, very weak. And there's not enough signal on the other end to be able to latch good data. It's an inside joke right there. <laughs> yeah. Does everybody know what latch means? Yeah. I didn't. Back in the day when uh, Dr. Monet was, was undoctorable and, <laughs> and she was learning about electronics, mm -hmm. I remember, you remember this? that the concept of latching in data was very foreign okay. to her. What, what did you think it meant? latch a door, you keep it closed, you know, or you latch onto something. Right, well, it is kind of like latching onto something, but uh, sending data across a wire requires you to send the data you want, and, and the way that we send data 
is if we're sending a one, mm -hmm. we put a voltage on it. If we're sending a zero, we have no voltage. So the voltage is going up and down, up and down, up and down. Now I've got a, a picture I'd like to show you of another oscilloscope um, signal. And in this one, we're showing several different bits of actual digital data. Can we bring that up? Can you see it there? So across the top are the, uh, the, the different characters. And you can see some of them are real skinny. Some of them are twice as wide. Some of them are three times wide. Some of them are four times as wide. And when it's low, some of them are low for a narrow space. Some are low for a wide space. That's because, let's take that real, real big chubby one over there. Do you see how wide it is? That's because we sent one, 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 one. We sent four ones. Whereas the one right before it was narrow, that's just one, one. One, 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 one. So if you send a lot of zeros together, you get a, a big period where it's low. If you send a lot of ones together, you get a big period where it's high. Okay, I, that is neat. I did, I've seen that before. I went okay. through the whole thing. That's there you go. Really but now, that's what creates the problem. Because if you were sending one, zero, one, zero, one, zero, it would always be the same frequency. And then we could latch the data. Latch the data is mean right when the data's there, right in the middle, you grab the value, whether it's a one or a zero. Does that make sense? But since you have sometimes that you send two ones together or three ones together, it's not going up and down as fast, so that's low frequency. And because of the nature of the signal not wanting to go down the wire, on the other side, you get a big voltage, a really big voltage that overloads the receiver. So we have a real problem there because we need to send multiple kinds of data. There's another uh, reason why we do this, but the solution is a thing called AB10B coding. You know, engineers, scientists, we love acronyms. We love to put little labels on, you know, AB10B. Sounds, like sounds Yeah, it sounds like a song, doesn't it? But actually, yeah. it's kind of clever. We, we don't want to have seven ones in a row because that would be real low frequency. And what if you had, uh, now remember, when you send data, each byte of data is eight bits. So it's eight characters, eight ones, eight zeros, or a combination of eight ones and zeros. Are you with me? So if you send a byte that's all ones, and then another one that's all ones, and another one that's all ones, you could have it off for a long time, and the signal's really messed up. So we don't ever want to have more than four ones or four zeros in a row. And we're doing this on a string, a wire, we're sending them down. We never want more than four in a row. And very often, depending on what, what information we're sending, very often you get more than four in a row. So what do you do? That's a big problem to solve. And here's what scientists have come up with. This is not my invention, but I latched onto it. Did you latch Did you onto catch it? That? And I used it. Okay. And this is the idea. If, if you count 
binary. Binary means you can just use ones and zeros. 1, 10, 11, 100, 101, 110, 111, 1,000. That's counting in binary. If you count in binary all the way up to a number eight digits long, and it's all one, 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 eight ones, which is the biggest number you can get with eight bits in binary, if you count all the way up to that, you only get 256 numbers counting zero at the beginning. That's all you can count to with 256 if you only have two digits. So we have to send all of those 256 bytes over the wire and a lot of them have more than four of the same value of ones or four zeros in a row. But if we change from 8-bit bytes to 10-bit bytes, now you can have a thousand different characters with ones and zeros if you can have 10 bits. And so what we did is we took every value in the 8-bit list, like one, 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 four ones, four more ones, eight ones, or FF in hexadecimal. If you do that over here in 10-bit, we could have that be assigned to anything we wanted. We have a thousand values here, so we pick out 256 that never have more than four ones or four zeros in a row. Mm. And we just say, if it's this, then change it to that. And if you're sending FFFF, switch it to this. We have a table. And how did we come up with the table? We just did. We just <laughs> made it. It's, it's arbitrary. Did. It could have been anything. Okay. But we got rid of all of those long durations of ones and zeros. Now, some people are going to say, okay, you just completely lost me. <laughs> okay, well, when I read about this, it completely lost me too. Hmm. And yet, I thought, I think I really need this, so I better go back and understand it. Better go back and understand it. And I studied it and studied it, and I did. So if you don't completely get it yet, it's okay. But I, I want to throw this out just in case someone's dad is an electrical engineer. <laughs> and I want him to know, yeah, I do know about AB10 decoding. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. <clears throat> and I do understand about attenuation of a wire, but I'm talking to people that might not know as much about it as Dr. Peget. Oh, she on. knows a lot. <laughs> I know a little bit. Why don't you go ahead and tell us everything you know? <laughs> I know that you are smart. I know that you are smart. You know, I think it's, it's, it's interesting. A lot of people, when I meet, meet you in private, they say, so what's the deal with Dr. Peget? Yeah, I want me like to know. <laughs> yeah, I say, what is the deal? And so I decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to tell you. These are my friends. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Yeah, I'm going to tell you the deal. So she came as a student at ISD, and I think she must have originally thought we were a dance school or something. But, but we're not. Anyway, and Physics so movement. she was uh, finally focused in on electrical engineering, and she said, I'm not very good at math. I can't do this. Blah, blah, blah. And she got into oh, it, and she kind of learned her own way. But she learned it. And when she got through, I thought, you know what? This is a good student. We're going to make her an offer and hire her to have her stay and help us. And so 
We did. We made her a really good offer when she really? graduated. And she said, nope. Nope. It was an R51 <laughs> moment for me. <laughs> what do you mean, nope? But she said, no, I want to go do my own thing. And so she started a company of her own called Comtech Networking. And her company was to market computer networking equipment and products. And she sold them to the military. Do you know that we have generals that would only buy stuff from her, not even her employees? Where's, where's Dr. Peugeot? <laughs> yeah. And uh, she was very successful. She ran her company for seven years. Then she sold it. Then she came back. So that's the, the down little on her. But the point I want to make is when she started IST, she did not know that she had any interest in electrical engineering. And yet she was able to do her whole career in seven years, retire, and now she's in retirement. <laughs> that means we don't have pay her very much. <laughs> This is my give back. Come yeah, on. this is our give back. <laughs> so some of you people that don't think that you're necessarily right. a scientist, you maybe ought to rethink it. It's really <laughs> a lot of fun. But sometimes you have to hear it a few times to get used to it, especially since we have a thing in science and engineering where we like to put these little labels on things. When everybody gets it, then we give it a name like yep. A.B. Tembi, and if you don't know all of the little shortcuts and slang, it's hard to it's understand. Hard. But it's fun when you, when you figure it all out. It is really kind of neat. So um, the goal, the mission, was to build a computer networking system that would connect computers so they could talk at 1,000 megabit per second. I built circuit boards that would go into the computer so we could do that. We hooked them up, we started to send the data down the wire, and if the wire was about that far, it worked. <laughs> but if like it got inches? longer, <laughs> and it's not a very impressive network when the computers have to be kissing to work, <laughs> kissing computers. But they would work if they were that close, they just couldn't work if they were five feet away, two feet away, one foot away. And so I figured there's got to be another way. And remember, the problem was that some of the, the information we were transmitting would cause so that we'd have four ones in a row or four zeros in a row. And when that happened, the frequency the data was changing was so different that those numbers, that data would go zooming through the wire and come out really loud at, at one volt. And then there were some where it was just one, zero, one, zero, and that part of it would come shooting through the wire, and when it got through, it was only one hundredth of a volt. And when we tried to read what the data was coming out, we couldn't figure out how to read it when it, the voltage was changing so much. And I thought, well, if we could somehow build an amplifier and just amplify all the high-frequency stuff so it would be up like the low-frequency stuff, that might work. But, boy, I don't know how you'd build that kind of an amplifier, and especially not back in the, the time period when this took place. So we really 
have a serious problem. And bad news, but there will probably never be a solace. <laughs> sad. Yeah, it is sad. Sad story. There'll probably never be an Area 51 or an R-51. That's even more sad. <laughs> I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> I think so. Unless we can come up with a breakthrough idea. Now, already in the first episode of this story, we talked about how we made the signal pass FCC testing so it didn't interfere with televisions and everything. And I drew on the experience I got setting up a recording studio when I found out that a microphone uses a shielded cable with a differential signal. Remember how the interference would cancel out and disappear? And I also learned about it when I built the hydrogen car and I was sending a spark down one spark plug wire, and there was a spark created in the neighboring wire, even if it was 19 inches apart, that's a long ways. Mm -hmm. I'd shoot a spark down here, and there'd be one here. It'd be littler, but it was by induction. It would, the high voltage would create a magnetic field, which would generate power in the other wire. And so I had a difficulty in keeping my hydrogen engines from backfiring, and by the way, the way that I solved that problem with hydrogen is kind of interesting. Uh, just as an aside in passing, I'll tell you that when I was raising the voltage up high enough to make a spark in the spark plug, it was causing another spark over in this spark plug. This spark was so little it couldn't ignite gasoline, so gasoline cars didn't have this problem, but it sure made hydrogen cars backfire and blow up. So. In a spark plug, there's a thing you, you mechanic guys know, it's called a spark gap. And it's how far the spark has to jump in a plug. And when you're changing your spark plugs, you get new ones from the, from the auto shop, and before you put them in your car, you take a feeler gauge. Feeler gauge. That's a thin piece of metal. A feeler gauge is a neat little thing like a pocket knife, only it has a whole bunch of blades, and every one of them is a different thickness. And it says on them how th thick they are. So you open it up to the feeler gauge that your re overhaul manual says your engine's supposed to have. So you get the right thickness, and then you stick it in the spark plug gap to see how wide it is, and if it's loose, then you get a tool and you bend it down a little bit and you put it back in. Oh, too much, you strain out a little bit till you get it just exactly the right gap you're supposed to have. That gap controls how big the spark's gonna be that goes through the engine. Now, a Kettering ignition system, and Kettering is a guy named Boss Kettering, lived in Ohio. He was a close personal friend of Henry Ford and when Henry wanted to build cars, Boss Kettering invented the ignition system for the Model T and the Model A. And by the way, when I graduated from college, my very first contract came from the Kettering Foundation. So I feel like I'm family. <laughs> but anyway, the way the ignition system works, there's a coil that builds up a charge and there are points that open to spark that gap and the voltage will rise to whatever voltage it needs to break down that gap, when I mean break ground, to make a lightning bolt go through it. 
The farther apart it is, the more voltage it takes to shoot a lightning bolt. And that's why you want to get them just right. If they're too small, then it'll break down before there's enough energy to ignite gasoline. If it's too wide, the voltage will go way up and it might not even spark. So to get it to burn just right, you gap it just right. Well, on my hydrogen engine, I was trying to figure out how to stop this interference from one wire to the other, that I got this idea. You know, hydrogen is easy to ignite. That's why it's causing a problem. So I lowered the gap down. From a normal spark plug, it's 20 to 30. I gapped it clear down to seven or eight which meant the voltage didn't go nearly as high because it would start arcing before it got to that, and it went away. Well, I learned that, and now that I was trying to jam data through a wire, <laughs> all of that was, was very, very helpful in helping me to solve the noise problem so that I could pass FCC testing. I won't interfere with anybody's radio or television or computer or anything else. Was there something that I had worked on that would help me figure out a way to solve this problem? And next time, you're gonna find out exactly what it was. And boy, will you be surprised. <laughs> See you later, bye-bye.